0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome back to the Muslim Matters Podcast where we discuss everything under the sun that affects Muslims such as faith, local and global politics, social media, sex education, civil rights, and family matters all coming from a traditional orthodox perspective Subscribe to our podcast and follow us online on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on our handle Muslim Matters and check out our site daily at muslimmatters.org
1: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, and welcome to the Muslim Matters podcast. I am your host, Zainab Bensinas. Today's episode is going to be extra spicy, with our guest star being the acting executive director of Muslim my boss, the one and only Siraj Mohammed. But it's okay, I still have seniority because I'm co-founder. Welcome to the show, Siraj.
0: Thank you very much, Zainab.
1: In this episode, we'll be doing a recap of the year's achievements. Muslim Matters has gone through ups and downs over the years, and we've been hard at work bringing MM to new heights. So Raj, how would you like to take credit for this?
0: I mean, firstly, you're using my microphone. <laughs> Doesn't your audio sound much better than when you were just doing it on WebEx, your podcast?
1: I'm sure mine sounds just as good without your microphone.
0: <laughs> it sounds a lot better, I think. But in all seriousness, I-, I can't take all the credit for all this because we have a great team. Alhamdulillah, there's been a lot of development over the past year or two from the editorial team. I think we had a lot of setbacks probably in the middle of 2021. The main thing I would point out is that our team shrank considerably in the beginning of 2021 and then afterwards due to like different family issues, different health issues, our team became essentially a skeleton crew and there was virtually no publishing going on from between, I'd say, Ramadan of 2021 until September. And so I met with uh, Sister Hannah, who's our editor in chief, and we discussed the different ways we're going to restructure the editorial team so that she would have more support, the team would have more support. And we came up with this idea of having content managers and other associated staff to help her, more editors. And Alhamdulillah, that's been possible because we have so many donors uh, supporting MM now. In the past, I would say, two to three years since we started asking for donations. Uh, We moved from almost no donations and relying almost exclusively on advertising to having about 900 plus donors. And that's allowed MM to become completely independent financially. I I don't want to say we're rolling in cash or we're like, oh, wow, we got like millions of dollars, but like we're at least able to run a a full-time staff or I should say part-time staff that handles operations now.
1: That's excellent. And I will... Take credit for being one of those content managers.
0: MashaAllah, you're so <laughs> humble.
1: Absolutely. That's one of my greatest qualities, don't you know? All right, analytics for the year. Let's hear the numbers. You've been crunching the numbers all day. Give it to us.
0: Okay, so yeah, I love the analytics. Uh, whenever I sit down with the team, anytime people ask me questions, the articles, of course, everything that we do is at the end of the day for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is our dawah. This is us trying to put a cons- uh, Conservative orthodox voice out there to address contemporary issues. I tend to like to look at the numbers as an indication for the type of effectiveness we're having. Uh, I don't like to look at the numbers just for the sake of looking at numbers. Sometimes people focus on growth and numbers, and they become slaves to those numbers, and they let it dictate the types of content they put out, the type of the type of articles they write, or the type of, or the way they even message the type of articles they're going to put out, like putting clickbait titles and so forth. But for us, alhamdulillah, as I said, we're we're getting our own finances together. We've we've made a lot of changes. So yeah, let's talk about those numbers now. So as I said, 2021, we started. We we had some setbacks, but 2022, we've come back. You know, roaring. Uh, we had 53% growth. I'd say we've had about 2.4 million views this year. So that's a huge that's a huge improvement over last year. And as I said, with our staff, we've changed up our staff now so that we're not just uh, volunteers anymore. So just a little history, I think, of course, you helped start MM, you're a founder, you know very well that MM was purely a volunteer-driven organization, and that has its pluses and minuses. In terms of cost, it's great, but in terms of continuity of staff, of knowledge, of a whole host of different concerns, that can be very up and down. So MM went from just being a group of volunteers, which is you, Ahmad, Omar Osman, Myself Zabin. and others, Zabin, maybe Musa McGuire and Sheikh Yasser Khadi, and a few others.
1: I mean, the team did grow. Yeah,
0: the team, I mean, we yeah. We've gone
1: through like ebbs and flows. We took on a lot of new people. A lot of people left. I left for quite right. a while.
0: Yeah. And the team was essentially like a few people who would be very excited at alternating times. And you'd have like two or three people who were part of the original staff would be like, okay, I'm really ready to go. And then two or three people would fall off. And then those two or three people would get burned down. And then two, other three, two or three other people would pick up again over time, a lot of people wanted to join MM, and we had a huge bullpen, a huge staff of just like random volunteers. And that was converted, uh, uh, I would say, with the brainstorming of uh, Haytham Suleiman and Ahmad Sheikh. We sat down together, and uh, Haytham came up with a plan to structure out how each of the areas would be for MM, like what type of staff or jobs we needed. And from there we built the editorial team, a marketing team and all types of teams that were that were going to handle each area. But I will say that it was challenging in the beginning transitioning from that. So that was our volunteer sort of phase. And in the past, I would say 3 years, we've been transitioning now to a paid staff phase. And getting people to get under the umbrella of, hey, you know what? Every person has one particular role and that's the role that they're going to do. And they can branch out a little bit here and there, but we want paid contractors paid staff that do exactly one thing and for an organization like mm that's been a challenge because we have always been a volunteer organization we've always been a very volunteer run organization we've always uh, had people coming in and just wanting to give their time their efforts a lot of the articles that we have nobody asked to be paid well some of them do but for the most part i'd say 90 95 percent of them we have people coming in and just saying hey we just want to give our articles we want to contribute our efforts for the sake of the DAO and go from there.
1: Yeah, it's a very old school, everybody's in there for the DAO yeah. mentality, which is great for its time, for its place, but we're evolving, moving on.
0: Yeah, but eventually if we want to scale, if we want to grow, if we want to be consistent, then we have to build a staff that's going to be there long term and has to be incentivized to be there beyond just volunteer time. Because what happens is that all of us get older, all of us have responsibilities, and we do have to be able to justify why we're going to step away from those responsibilities. And part of it will be, look, I this is a paid position. It's going to support our family. It's going to support whatever needs we have on the side. And so, yeah, we've been transitioning to being a paid staff now. Alhamdulillah. So, And as I said, this is again supported by the fact that we now have over 900 donors that have stepped up to support MM with just little contributions, little monthly contributions. We focused very aggressively on recurring donations, as opposed to like the big the big doctor,
1: year, the big there. the
0: big doctor, the big investor. If anybody wants to give, no problem. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that we focus on that first because I've always felt that our current fundraising model always focuses on the big donation, and as quickly as big money comes in, it goes out. When you have, let's say, recurring a recurring budget coming in, it sort of disciplines the way you think about how you can spend your money. And so it's been very effective for us in building our staff.
1: And for our audience, like this is a reminder about the hadith of the continuous acts of charity that are small but ongoing. So please do consider MM as part of your ongoing small charity and contributing to that one that way.
0: MuslimMatters.org slash donate.
1: All right, so going on from there, what has Muslim Matters actually achieved over the past year? It's been a long year. It's been a busy year. But what have we actually done?
0: I would say the first and most interesting achievement of the year came because of Elon Musk. (laughs) Oh, he got rid of the entire Twitter staff and whoever and whatever they were doing. There was a whole bunch of shady back backdoor things going on with the U.S. government. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on with other governments and other players. He got rid of like 7500 people. He got rid of the CEO and God knows who else. And for the first time, M.M. has a blue check. On Why does its- <laughs>
1: that matter, though?
0: Well, when people see the blue check, there's an automatic trigger that this is an authentic account. It's a valid account. It should be taken seriously. And then beyond that, Twitter prioritizes those accounts to be displayed higher than other accounts. It also lets people know that all the copycats, and there are some copycat Muslim Matters accounts, that we're the actual Muslim Matters. And I suspect that many Muslim matters like the clones that have been growing grow because they think they're coming to us. Like the people who are following them think they're coming to us, but they're actually going to other places. Now, I haven't raised a big stink about it. I know some of the staff doesn't like it. I haven't raised a big stink about it simply because when I look at some of the other clones, they're just posting a hadith and, you know, ayat of Quran and so forth. And they're not really posting anything else. I'm like, okay, fine. If that's what you're going to do, go ahead and post that. I'm not going to come after you for that. But at the same time... Getting that blue check for us means that people know who the real Muslim Matters is now. It does come at a time, though, when anyone can basically pay the $8 or whatever and get themselves verified. But it's still something where a lot of people are not willing to do that, or some people feel self-conscious about it. So it still looks like the old system.
1: So it still looks legit, even though in actuality, it's not necessarily meaningful.
0: It is meaningful. It's still, we do said,
1: any random Joe can pay those $8 and get their blue check. So, how does that?
0: In theory, it's not meaningful, but in practice, it is because people are still conditioned to look at that blue check and think verified account.
1: All right, blue check aside, what meaningful things have we accomplished? That was over so the meaningful. Year? That
0: was absolutely meaningful. Okay, so I would say again, with our new staff, Alhamdulillah, we've we set a goal last year, myself and Hannah, and I talked to her, and we said, look, we want to publish at least minimum three content pieces per week. And we want to get to a point where we do five per week. And when I say content pieces, I want to be very careful here. It's not just articles, although our bread and butter has always been articles and we continue to saturate MM with articles, which is great. Uh, But when I say content pieces, I'm talking about video, audio, like podcasts and uh, articles. And we still have to grow in video for sure. We've made a very significant investment in podcasting. Uh, but with articles, we published around somewhere between four and 500, according to analytics last year. Now, I had to do a lot of um, sifting through the data and getting rid of like, like, sometimes you'll have an article and then it shows there was a Facebook share. and it's, it's weird. So basically, after cutting all that out and filtering all that out, it does look like we published about four to 500 just in 2022 alone. So that's a huge, huge achievement for us. In terms of podcasting, I think we've done about 17 podcasts from what the analysts say for 2022. Yep,
1: yeah, so 17 episodes of just like unique podcast content. We did have audio articles as well. So if anybody's interested in checking those out, it's essentially just some of our articles on the website that have been read out. Um, So factors th- those in. So I'd say like all in all, maybe like 35 ish, but 17 unique new content episodes.
0: Yeah, so that's been really great. And then the issues we've covered, I think that when MM started, it wasn't just about rehashing religious issues in sort of a vacuum. It was more about taking on the contemporary issues that we're facing it, that we were facing and giving it a religious flavor in the discussion. And that's always been MM's take. And I think we have continued that this year. So some of the issues we've covered. Um, Number one, we covered the LGBTQ issue. Uh, very extensively with uh, Brother Mubin's article um, "Where the Rainbow Ends." Um, we had Sheikh Yashar Qadi's fatwa on transgenderism, and even during Pride Month, we sent out. Uh, we we had an article, the the Muslim Matters. I'm I'm not sure Pride what it was called. Pride Month Roundup. Yeah, the Pride Month Roundup, and then uh, again, gender towards an Islamic paradigm from Sheikh Farhan Zubari. So these are, I think, very important because one of the problems in this very particular discussion is that a lot of people are afraid to speak out on it. Even a lot of Muslim organizations, I don't blame them, I'm not here to point fingers, but a lot of organizations have really hesitated on speaking out on this. And I think we just recently reached a saturation or a tipping point where a different du'ats and different scholars and different shi'u have all started to come out now I'm very happy to say MM was probably at the forefront of this because we've been looking for articles and people who would be willing to do this. The hard part is just finding people who will do it. It's not Like for us with as MM, we're always looking for this type of material where we're looking at our faith and irrespective of how controversial it is, we want to get the right information out there for our community so that they know how to deal with this. With this particular issue, the way it's being aggressively pushed on everyone, whether they're in school, whether they're at work, whether it's through the government— it's ubiquitous and it is hard to deal with. And it's something where I'm very happy that MM has covered it extensively. Yeah, so that one was one. Uh, The Andrew Tate conversion just recently happened. Oh And again, with this particular issue, what I like about how we've handled it and how I want us to continue to handle issues is that we don't come from a paradigm of, well, let's take the far right approach and let's be like a bunch of, hey man, Top G and I'm Red Pill. And I'm going to totally like, Andrew Tate's going to save the world. That's not our take. Uh, on the other hand, we're also not like, hey, let's throw this guy under the bus. He just converted to Islam. And I know that he's making a lot of problematic statements in his Twitter feed, even after converting to Islam. But what I like about what MM has done is it's, a, it's recognized where he is. He's a convert. He's new. And no one has a right to come and say, I'm leaving Islam as an example, because, well, they can do whatever they want. But it's it, you can't say that this is a bad thing for Islam. Like, Anybody who comes to Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who decides who gets to be Muslim. We don't get to decide who gets to be Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides who's guided. But at the same time, we can also acknowledge and recognize that there are going to be people who have problems with who he was in the past, and it's okay for them to voice that, provided that they're not going to turn this into something where we say, we'll have nothing to do with this guy. He should just be canceled, and that should be the end of him, or this is a stain on, uh, on the name of Islam. So I'm very happy we covered that issue. In terms of Muslim women's issues, we've covered quite a bit. I think we had an uh, an academic paper on hijab.
1: The hermeneutics of the ayat of Khimar in the Quran by Sheikh Abdul Karim. Yep. That was amazing.
0: Uh, we had a domestic violence series in particular covering some of the, I think there were a lot of Muslim women who were impacted. They were uh, killed this actually. Year,
1: unfortunately, yes. a lot of Muslim women were murdered by their current husbands or their ex-husbands. And that was... So serious that the Female Scholarship Network banded together and issued uh, very specifically, very clearly a statement against domestic violence from uh, an Islamic perspective. And I think that was really, really valuable.
0: Yes. And um, I think there was also a very good menstruation article that was very popular this year for Ramadan.
1: The Menstruating Women's Guide to the Last 10 Nights. Alhamdulillah, that I do believe was very beneficial. A lot of great feedback for that as well
0: and a very unique contribution this year from Dr. Sam Munir, The Unsung Heroines of, of, Islamic of, of Islamic History. I actually wrote it down here, but I didn't write the whole thing. But yeah, The Unsung Heroines of Islamic History, which sounds like a very familiar book that has mm. been years in the making. Working on it. Yeah, The the yes. Forgotten Heroines of, of Islam. Yes. Are we, are we going to get that done at some yes. point? Yes,
1: yes, inshallah.
0: Okay, so then uh, there are some other really good pieces that also came out. Another one I really liked was... Well, I won't say... Uh, I, let me put it this way. So, another unique piece that came out uh, was the Anna Hariri scandal piece, which I have no idea about. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about okay, it. Okay, because- so
1: Anna Hariri is one of the top Muslim fashion websites on the internet. Because like every other Muslim woman in Ramadan, of course, we're like shopping online, you see these amazing advertisements, like really great marketing, and you're like, wow, these prices are really reasonable. And I, you know, made an order for myself and my mom, my mom got her order, I never got mine, like constantly contacted the website trying to get my money back trying to get a product, something, anything, and nothing. And you know, I started talking to friends. And it turns out that the website has been essentially scamming Muslim consumers for years now. And we were able to get a Muslim woman journalist, uh, Fatima Wasim, I believe her name is she did a really great investigative piece. Tried to contact the website directly for their side of the story. Never got an answer. We got loads and loads of horror stories. I mean, there were people who lost hundreds of dollars. I think one woman wrote in saying that she lost $1,000 with an order with Anahari. She never got her money back. Never got any products. It was insane. Um, so yeah, I think we are currently the only people on the internet, full stop, who have done a full investigative piece on the Anna Hariri business scandal. And unfortunately, it's still ongoing. Nobody's been able to really pursue legal action because obviously you have all these disgruntled clients, but they're all around the world. And there's been no way to like have everybody band together internationally and be like, Anna Hariri needs to be shut down.
0: Yeah, I noticed when I was looking on Facebook, a lot of sisters came on to the, uh, to the, to the social media post. And they were complaining left, right and center about all the different ways they felt they had been scammed or the money they had lost. So, yeah, this is a pretty serious issue. Usually when I look at the M.M. Facebook page, you know, people will come. They'll just share the articles or one or two people might comment with this particular article. I saw a lot of commentary from different M.M. readers really complaining about this. So, yeah, this is a very important piece. Did we publish this during Ramadan or right before? No, Ramadan? this was
1: actually beginning of twenty twenty two. It was January twenty twenty two. Like it was a long time coming. I think we started discussing it in Ramadan because that's when obviously the discussions came up and like, hey, I placed my order. Nobody got anything, and nobody got anything. Like after Eid, or after the next Eid, then eventually just snowballed, and we're like, okay, this needs to get done. So it did.
0: Yeah, another uh, interesting piece that I I was not expecting this year, but it was interesting nonetheless. Was the uh, new Hamim Keller spiritual abuse piece. And I saw a lot of discussion back and forth on Muslim Twitter and uh, and Facebook and social media in general. Um, there was a lot of back and forth about this. I think there were people who were either former followers of uh, the Sheikh or current followers who had their own perspectives as to whether or not these things really occurred or if there were things that should have been understood. But I, I'm not really in the know with this one, but I thought it was an interesting piece. And it was actually our number one piece this year. From articles published in 2022 obviously there are articles that are perennial favorites that come at the very top every year but this was the top of our 2022 articles
1: which says a lot because you know keller a lot of people know about him he's been around for ages and yeah this was definitely a very contentious content piece uh that resulted in a lot of internal i don't call it drama but internal conflict and hard questions being asked and and as always mm Tries to provide a balanced platform, so nothing nasty, no nasty hit pieces, but just something from the people who had gone through these experiences, who had tried to investigate this, and really strongly believe that it needed to be brought out to the world.
0: Yeah, I think it's also important to point out that there are going to be times when MM will publish and call out specific names, but we will not do so for the sake of partisanship. There are no partisan. um
1: We're not being vindictive about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's, well. I mean, vindictive is one thing, but I mean, we don't have an agenda per se to go after specific individuals or specific organizations or specific groups. We're trying to look at this purely on the basis of the behaviors of individuals involved. That's it.
1: And how this impacts the well-being of the Ummah, that's really one of our main concerns overall. That's why we exist, to address the Ummah's concerns. Uh,
0: Another interesting piece was the uh, Hajj lottery debacle. I think Saudi changing up the rules at the very last second caused a lot of pain yeah a lot of pain a lot of hurt and we had i think two pieces that really covered mm-hmm. it well so i was very happy about that on Aqidah issues now this is an ongoing discussion you and i have about how in our community we seem to have dropped the ball a little bit on theology discussions now yep. there is uh i remember let's say in the in the 2010s and the and the what do we call it do we call them the ONA or the 00 yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my kids always make fun of me whenever I say the o oh nots but whatever the case, we used to have so many arguments and debates, and there was a lot of proselytizing for specific theology groups. And then in the context of those discussions, many different Ahida issues would come out and people would be more aware. But what we're seeing now, I think, is that we don't have those discussions anymore. And it's like
1: non-existent now.
0: Yeah. And what's proliferating amongst the, the masses is a number of different problems. One of them which i I'm, I'm happy to point out this particular piece from uh, Bas uh, Bassam Zawadi is deism, which is the belief that you know you believe in God but you don't have uh, an attachment to any particular organized faith and so I think this is an important piece he calls out in his in this particular uh, write up that this is an underlying danger it's it's more prevalent than we realize and we need to start giving some focus to it so I'm glad Mm has taken a step forward on this and I'm hopefully Going to see more from Bassam on this in the future, inshallah.
1: Inshallah.
0: The other one that was really good, and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on, was the podcast you did with Sheikha uh, Aisha was, was on manifesting shirk. Uh, this is covering healing crystals,
1: the zodiac, astrology.
0: Yes. it's Somehow this has made a comeback. And, and what's scary to me is that it's not just made a comeback amongst the lay people. It's making a comeback amongst students of knowledge, people who actually know better. I actually got into a discussion just last week (laughs) where somebody was trying to push healing crystals for its physical properties. And I said to the brother, look, and this is something that we know has a lot of history and most of it is chasing after the metaphysical properties that people think it has. And not just like the impact it has on you, but the
1: which, by uh, the way, is not scientifically validated in any way, shape, all. or form. There's at, just no evidence for it at all. And it's wild to me that people are trying to argue the physical effects angle, but are completely conveniently ignoring the fact that historically and today, people are literally using this as... I mean, it's true, pure and simple. What's,
0: what's interesting to me is that when you say to them, well, it's not scientifically validated, they, they run to a postmodernist critique and they start saying, well science has a lot of cognitive biases and this problem and that problem in the past science had this. and fine that's true that's completely true but you're coming at us with your own set of quote unquote physical proofs and the methodology of let's say the scientific method versus the methodology of you with your personal experiences if i have to choose between which one is more biased than the other i'm not going to choose you Coming in telling me to go check out reviews online. I'm not going to choose the person who randomly says, "Yeah, I picked this thing up and I felt better. I felt better." And don't don't think to don't think that there's a placebo effect. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to look at between these two methodologies, which one is better? Okay, especially and,
1: given again the other side is literally pushing things like you charge your crystals in the light of the moonlight and you chant X Y Z and or, it's going to heal your relationships and your trauma and give you success in business and wealth and all this kind of stuff.
0: Oh, like, the the best to me was when I, I read one, or there's like, actually, if you just do a Google search on this stuff, you'll see them saying things like, oh, just, you know, set your intention. Set your intention Nia. on the stone. Set your Nia on the stone that you want good fortune and money and love and whatever. And the And the universe, the universe will manifest whatever you want. And this is essentially religion for secular people. Like you've lost your theology you've lost your spiritual connection to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now here comes your fitrah saying you feel empty (laughs) and this is how you're going to fulfill it you're going to put your faith and trust back into a stone (laughs) and you're going to call out to the universe or you're going to hope from the universe it's like guys just get over it you know shaykh
1: asha did an amazing job just like breaking it down providing what i think is again we should be having these conversations every single day this should be standard aqidah 101 to hate like whether you're or shari or anything else like you know the very fundamental beliefs about Allah alone and worshiping Allah alone um she just related out really really clearly i highly encourage everybody to listen to it because it's literally because we don't have these conversations anymore that we end up seeing muslim men and women buying into this absolute nonsense
0: yeah and and i thought it was interesting that in that discussion there was there was a discussion of why sisters in particular are more impacted right now by mm-hmm. this as opposed to brothers but i do see brothers as well who are pushing this on the as well, and it's and it's not good it's, it's, it's weird it's very yeah it's very weird but it's also just not good in like, like the zodiacs like that's another one like i see people who are actual students of knowledge pushing zodiacs and saying well well maybe we can look in the stars you know there is a thing uh, on astrology if we look into the past from scholars it's like are you sure it's astrology or astronomy? Mm-hmm. I think it's more astronomy than it is astrology. We're not really looking to the stars to find the future or understand our personalities or anything else. It's it's all a bunch of bunk. And frankly, we need to get more discussion. So, Joe, I'm hoping in the at, at, at next year we'll get more discussion from other contributors to M.M., inshallah. Yeah. Let's see. Another standout that deserves a second read, I believe, is Justin Parrott's Identitarianism article. I thought... His take was amazing because here's a guy, mashallah, he is very knowledgeable, very learned, and he has been dealing with a lot of, let me just say, let me just call it out, anti-white hatred. <laughs> uh, there's, There has been an impact within our community from what I would say the social justice warrior community, which would be that we've taken legitimate grievances with, let's say, colonialism, and we've translated it now into inherent uh, a belief of the inherent evil of all things white this is not at all islamic there's no we don't believe in this whole idea of you know you inherit the sins of your fathers or for that matter anyone else we don't believe in the idea that you bear the burden of somebody else we believe you stand responsible for before allah subhanahu wa taala for yourself you are not you know like we don't believe in original sin or whatever or the 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 progressive left version of it and his article was calling this out in very strong terms. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I think he did a very good job of it. And it's just really sad to me to see Muslims who are coming and saying things like, I might believe somebody is a theological Muslim, but they're not really sociologically a Muslim to me. What
1: does that even mean sociologically Muslim? I don't even know.
0: But I, I think it it's it still to me is troubling that anybody would try to negate another person's Islam or try to negate who they are as a person or whatever contribution they have based on their race, irrespective of whether they come from, let's say, the person who's in power or the person who isn't in power in a particular, let's call it, social justice matchup. That's the way I see it. Another series I think that deserves a second read.
1: Okay, I like this. This series honestly should have been one of our top for the year, I believe, because it's so relevant. Yes. But
0: Zeba, Zeba Khan's Dirty Dallas series. Incredible. So incredible. I'm I'm not sure why it didn't take off, but it's very well written and researched. And essentially, it goes through all the ridiculous and and I and and here's what I told her. I she, we were looking at it, we're like why are the numbers now there? I was like, you know why? Because all these ridiculous infights between different dawa workers. Most people don't care about it's it's not a thing, right? YouTube
1: dawa, social <coughs> media dawa. I don't even want to call them celebrities. They're like they're not even real celebrities. What are they? It's like, you know what it is, is Dawa reality TV. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, it's very tabloid. And unfortunately, watching different people who are involved in Dawa, who maybe are a little controversial or aggressive, and they put themselves out there. And and sometimes that's needed. We need personality types that do that, okay? Because there are, sometimes we, like, I see a lot of the quote-unquote respectable person, and I don't say quote-unquote respectable to say they're not respectable. I'm saying quote-unquote respectable, meaning like, They don't put themselves in a position where they're doing outlandish or outrageous things. They're not having aggressive debates online. But what they are doing is doing, you know, the standard dawah of like doing spiritual talks and what you expect from most scholars or or students of knowledge. And then there's the group of people who go out and they get into debates. They debate Christians or atheists or whatever. And and maybe they'll even have debates amongst themselves. They may even get into sort of, what's the word I'm looking for here? Intra...
1: Intra-dawah tabling, dawah yeah. attainment.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about dawah attainment, but there, there's definitely that as well. And I'm not saying that these guys don't make serious contributions to the ummah. They do. Uh, they. I many would of them,
1: object to that in a lot of ways, but
0: no. Some of them have some very good publications, and they're doing good work. So I'm, I, you can't throw them completely under the bus. But but having said that, there's some. There, sometimes there's a, there's a, there's a place where you go too far, and instead of being focused on the ideas that you're going to provide that benefits the ummah. You're more focused on the tabloid side of
1: the clickbait drama.
0: Yeah. The reaction to the reaction to the reaction. This is kind of this is the kind of thing that most of us kind of roll our eyes at. We're a little entertained by it. Like I can tell you, like a lot of us will will look at this at, and post online and just laugh at it a little bit. Uh, that's our,
1: like a, a niche group of us who have like been seeing this happen for so long, we may or may not have been like tangentially involved in it. And now that we're not in that particular circle at all, but we know what's going on, it's just hilarious to us because we're like, oh my God, this is still happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much you're in the bubble. You're deep in the bubble now. So <laughs> it makes me laugh. We just, the best we can say is that Zaba's uh, piece, Zaba's piece, try to call that out and say, look, we need to kind of get back and to- Encourage
1: a higher standard of that, yeah. which is what we should be doing.
0: Yeah. And, and again, like as we're just going through all these articles and I, and I think we want to wrap up just discussing like the articles we published, move on. But- one thing I want to point out here is that with MM, we're not here to be either on the far left or the far right or the far anything. What we're looking for always is what does Islam say? What does Allah want from us? And how do we bring that out to the community so that they can benefit? So when I see takes that are like far out to the left, like that's not going to be MM. There may be some people occasionally who contribute to MM who kind of have some of those takes, but we are not that organization. And then at the same for the far right. We are not a far right organization. We're not here to promote red pill or or like super duper far right wing conservatism we may still have some people again who who sympathize or empathize with some ideas from some of those groups but we are again not those people we are looking just for the best content from whoever describes themselves as and i
1: also want to say one more thing about just the the dawah attainment thing to me, one of the most ironic bits that may have contributed to the lack of attention paid to that series was that there was like an epic World War III interdow <laughs> drama starting right around then.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, look, I, I, when I look at those things, I just say, you know, it's, it's, it's. Uh, there was, there's a, there's a movie line I remember that. My name is Paul. That's between y'all. I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. You guys want to have at it? Go have at it. And uh, inshallah, that's, that's that.
1: All right. Finally, or not finally, but almost finally, what is MM looking forward to in the upcoming year? We've done so much, alhamdulillah, that we've spoken about that we've done last year. But what are we really looking forward to?
0: So I can't go into detail on everything, but I'll just give you I'll I'll just do some highlights. So first of all, you already know what we've done. So there's going to be more of the academic papers. We're going to have more of these scholarly articles and interviews that we've done. Uh, more discussions on social issues and again whatever unique issues of the day that come up we hope to cover more of those inshallah in terms of podcasting of course you've already started your show it's been going really well yeah. we plan to grow that uh with posting uh from waheed jensen uh so waheed jensen has been running this podcast it's just and it's called beyond the rainbow and waheed jensen he himself I think he was dealing with SSA or same-sex attraction, mm-hmm. and he walks through a lot of different issues where uh, Muslims may be dealing with this themselves and how to help them get out of it. Because right now, the popular discourse is there's no such thing as conversion therapy. You're not allowed to say that a person can come back out of being homosexual that's just who you are and how you are
1: or even just that there's anything wrong with it and that instead of saying like oh this is a sin it's just like no this is who i am and you're supposed to encourage it
0: yeah and it's genetic and so forth now of course we've already found out there's no longer a gay gene that hasn't stopped people from still pushing this idea so it's a really
1: valuable resource too for people who like muslims in particular if they have family members who are going through this or friends i've had a few people message me about this and Uh, Waheed has a few episodes specifically about that, like how Muslims who are, you know, again, friends or family who are dealing with this, like how to engage with them, talking points, how to emotionally handle it. So I think that's very, very valuable. Um, Definitely keep your ears out and an eye out for when we start posting these because it is probably single-handedly one of the best practical resources that Muslims have on dealing with the LGBTQ issues in a very real world sense, not just like academically or theologically, But everyday life, when you are either somebody in that situation or you know somebody in that situation.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people who will be dealing with SSA um, and they want to get out of it, they want to find a way out of it beyond the rainbow. This is going to be the series for you, inshallah. Another thing we're looking forward to, we're just finalizing the details, will be a podcast on fatherhood and parenting. I will not spoil the details because there is another podcast introducing it. So let's. Not say anything right now about it, inshallah,
1: but I will say it's very exciting, and I very much look forward to what that is going to bring and add to the MM discourse inshallah.
0: And then another place we want to grow, and you're going to start to see inro- more inroads, is the YouTube channel. At, cur- at currently, we have 7,700 subscribers, which is not great. It's not bad, but, but considering it's not great. we
1: don't have like weekly content or even monthly content at this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the channel is growing very slowly, but it is growing, and that's not because we're. I would say it's 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 growing in spite of the fact that no content is being published on there right now. But we do plan to start publishing more video content. I think YouTube is a an amazing platform with a lot of opportunity, and I see a lot of people in Dawa have already taken good advantage of it. Our friends at Yakin Institute are doing an amazing job. They've got great production value. I'm also very impressed with what's going on with One Path Network they have great production value as well. I think actually I think OnePath probably is the best of the best. And then there's also a lot of individual contributors, some of our brothers that we mentioned who are doing the the more tabloidy stuff, but they still I can putting aside the actual sometimes disagreements we might have with the content, uh just looking at it purely from let's say from a production value uh perspective, I think they're doing a good job with the production value and there's also consistency and they're growing as well. So MM is going to look, look to enter that as well, and you'll hear more about it. Um, let's see. Also, there's going to be a newly designed website. The new website, uh, inshallah, should come out in the first quarter of 2023. And you may be wondering, well, what else is there to do? Isn't the website awesome as it is? Because, you know, whoever designed it just did an amazing job making the reading experience so cool.
1: Oh, yes, you did.
0: Me? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> but... I, <laughs> But the new MM site is going to have a few additions to it. There's going to be the ability to save articles so you can come back to it. I know there's a lot of, um, let's say, apps that allow you to save parts of, let's say, what you're reading on the Kindle, like Readwise. There's different or or the pocket or whatever. There's there's all that. But right now, what we're looking to do is set it up so that when you come to MM, you can save an art. Like you see an article that's interesting. You can save it for later and you can read it directly from the website. There will be a section where you can go to, where you can log in and you'll be able to see your own article. Another thing we're going to be bringing in is uh, dark mode versus light mode. There's a lot of readers that like to read in dark versus light. You'll be able to do that. Uh, For readers that like bigger fonts or smaller fonts, they'll be able to adjust their font sizes. There's a whole bunch of other cool things coming on the new website, inshallah. So that's just a few of the things that we have coming from that. Uh, What else? Oh, we're also looking to grow our staff. Uh, we currently have a good editorial staff. We still want to grow it further. So a uh, funny thing, our staff, our content managers have primarily been female. <laughs> and so uh, Hannah came to me one day and said, Saraj, you know, our female content contributors generally are very good at reaching out to other women, but we need male content contributors or content managers, people who can reach out, network and bring in other male contributors. And we are bringing them in. But I would say this year we've probably been more disproportionately leaning towards female contributors versus male, and that's that's not like intentional. That's a, that's a function it's of their the
1: mm sisters take over, y'all.
0: Yeah, it, it's a function actually of the fact that we have less people in editorial. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, maybe in the past month or so, that's changed. But less people in editorial who are male and who can reach out to other men and get that type of content but we are working on that i support it on the side sometimes if they tell me that there's somebody they want to reach out to but we need somebody dedicated full-time it is a paid position so uh, we'll be looking to grow that um we're going to be looking to get more people to do graphics we're going to be looking to get dedicated social media people uh, a lot going on for 2023 inshallah
1: so before we wrap up there was a lot of exciting stuff but here's the two burning questions everybody always has and they've had it for a long time now some people think Muslim Matters is Salafi uh-huh. and others think we're SJW. What's the secret? What's the real deal? What is the secret <laughs> agenda behind Muslim Matters?
0: So, I get uh, I so the, the Salafi one, I, no one's actually ever come to me and said that. But
1: But we know everybody's thinking it.
0: Well, I, I it's, it's not that somebody's come to me and said that, "Hey, Siraj, why is MM so Salafi or isn't MM Salafi?" Nobody ever says that to me. But I've heard it from other staff members that when they talked to other, let's say, DAO workers, part of why those DAO workers didn't want to work with MM was like, oh, you know what? We heard MM is Salafi. And I would have to say that if you were to look at the time that MM started, that's probably a true statement, okay? I I would say that there's a lot of people who, including myself, who um, were and still are, right? But MM stopped being like exclusively Salafi probably about 10, 12 years ago, (laughs)
1: <laughs> would you say we are now post salafi
0: i would say we are peri okay so i i would say that the focus has like in, in the beginning it was like this like you always work with the people that you know you network with the people that are closest to you but then as everyone in this organization has grown the volunteer base grown their their own understanding of the dean and sort of stepped away from the the battles and the conflicts of let's say the the o knots the zero zeros whatever you want to call it. what do people call that I don't even know but as we've stepped away from that there's been a very pragmatic shift towards realizing that there are bigger problems than these little in the weeds discussions about theology and some other issues so I mean like every year for example let's say let's take a very controversial issue just for the fun of it let's talk about the motived I'm not gonna take an opinion on the i'm not gonna I'm not gonna push an opinion okay but like every year, even today, like I can find people who will like get on Facebook and start like passive aggressing about motive. Oh, you know, you don't really love the Prophet, And and now me, I don't celebrate it. I look at this. I'm like, really? Like, I'm going to I'm not going to say anything about it. But do we still have to do this? There's still some people who are who are like living in that past. And there's like some trauma and they're from,
1: still reacting to there's the some past.
0: there's some trauma from those old arguments. Likewise, on the on the other side of it. Um, from the Salafi side of it, there are still going to be some of those discussions going on where there are some people who are still going on about specific in the weeds issues. And again, I look at those brothers and I'm like, are we really still discussing this? And I know the counter argument will be, so there should always be specialists who are discussing these issues, which, okay, maybe they are. But maybe having the discussion should not be a battle and a debate. Maybe it should be something where it's it's more academic and we share ideas, but, you know, we're brothers at the end of the day, we move on as opposed to this guy had this, that that guy has that, we're going to, and then we have names for one another. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. I That's not where I think we should be right now. And, I, and MM as an organization has is well past that. I think if you go look on the website right now, I always like to say, when people ask me like, are you fee or are you SJW? I like to tell them, why don't you t- take a look at all the articles on MM that have been published? And why don't you look at all the authors on MM? I think that's the most objective way to really tell if MM is one thing or another. What I find is if I look at the number of articles and you ask me, is MM SJW? There's going to be some articles that some people would say, yes, it's SJW. There's an article on domestic violence, or there's something about women, or there's something about some issue. But then go look at the rest of the articles. Like, I just covered a whole bunch of different articles that I would say we've published that are completely on the conservative, so the, the Muslim social conservative right, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're taking a very strong stance in a time when many Muslims are kind of waffling, even conservative, some conservative Muslims are still kind of waffling on certain issues like the LGBTQ issues. They're kind of, you know, we, 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 we we were very ambiguous and waffling, for example, on the gay marriage issue in, I'd say from 2015 to 2018. Right. And there was a lot of back and forth on that, but we, we took a pretty strong stance saying, no, we're, this is still about, this is still a problem.
1: But then we have domestic violence articles and we've consistently had domestic violence content that calls it out for what it is, for how evil it is, how it's against the deen and I think the Female Scholarship Network statement this year was again very unique in that it's literally this massive collection of female teachers, scholars, daiyas literally across the world who all like co-signed this and obviously for us this is an islamic issue it's not an sjw issue even though unfortunately on a lot of our articles that specifically deal with women's issues or content related to women we will have and you won't see it on the website now but because we go in and moderate the comments there's a lot of nasty nasty anti-woman comments that are left
0: i've seen a lot of Forget anti-women, just very perverted comments. Very they're, vulgar. There, there, are, there are people who consistently show up on the website. They'll leave perverted comments. I mean, it, it is sad. And I think, again, with MM, what's unique here is that when, you're, when these discussions are happening on social media, when they're happening in academia, wherever they're happening, there's always the concern that the foundation of the discussion is wrong. The foundation, the some people will say the epistemological foundation. I hate that word, but okay. That foundation is wrong. And I agree with that. There you can have the you can call it a problem and you can have the wrong problem to call out the to, to try to solve the problem with. Or no, you can call it the problem, but you can have the wrong foundation to try to solve the problem with. On the other hand, the problem is still real. And we as Muslims have to address it, but we have to address it from our perspective. We have to address it. Yes, I'm gonna be very Salafi here. From the Quran and the Sunnah, and from the understanding of our scholars, right? And MM's perspective should always be what do our scholars say about this in conjunction with other experts in the field who understand these issues because they're dealing with it, maybe as as subject matter experts. So bringing these two together, having these discussions in a meaningful way, in a way that doesn't compromise our deen, in a way that makes sense from our perspective and not from the perspective of, let's say, these other competing interests that are trying to impact the way we as Muslims think and view and perceive them with those filters. So I wouldn't want a feminist filter and I wouldn't want a red pill filter. I want my Quran and Sunnah filter. And yes, we are going to be impacted by our culture, by our surroundings. There's no doubt that's going to happen to every single one of us. But we have to still try and make the effort to be objective according to our dean. So so yeah, as far as the SJW stuff goes if we are sjw to you i would challenge you to look through all our articles and i want you to come back and tell me and i do this to you too whenever you whenever you try to criticize any books as certain things i say go back and bring me the data go through mm show me the like i just told you like 400 articles is here show me like what percentage of those articles is sjw show me what percentage of them are not sjw show me what percentage of them are taking on tough issues that no one else is taking on i can go through it with you and I, I'll, I'll captain america this i could do this all day it's great That's i will do ironic it ironic yeah. you
1: shouldn't have that much time but anyway no i can do <laughs> it because
0: i love i love analytics and i love going through evidence i, I like just give me the evidence show me your evidence Just tell me like yeah one time i stopped by and i saw an article or two articles i didn't like i guess you guys are xyz group I'm like no Go back and show me from all the articles that we have or at least show me from this year. Show me from the last two years what type of articles we publish and what does it look like and you'll you'll see who we really are. And I think we publish a lot of good valuable articles from contributors that are... Say, that are. I think we publish a lot of good articles from contributors that are coming with a perspective that is grounded in a strong ahl sunnah wal perspective.
1: Okay, so we're not subtlify anymore we're post subtlify we're not SJW what is MM's attitude towards other people who are our rivals who are our competitors do we have any
0: no uh, like that's another fun question right because I've had people come to me and say like oh who are your competitors or some of them have come to me and said oh you've taken over MM well your competitors are doing this and your competitors are doing that what are you going to do about it I'm like nothing like they're not our competitors they're our friend a lot of the people that they're saying are competitors I'm like those are our friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, literally, our friends. <laughs> like
0: those are those are people we work with, and sometimes they publish with us. So my perspective and attitude is: there's so much that we that like the resources out there. Like, what are you really looking for? Is it money? Is it hits? Is it viewership? Is it notoriety? There are literally billions of Muslims, not to mention a whole bunch of non-Muslims that need dawah. Like, we can go all day just talking about the different areas that need muslim dawah there's no need like from my perspective i don't see like let's let's pick an organization like Yaqeen institute right we work with them all the time but they're not i don't consider them a competitor like they're they're doing video they're doing audio and i'm going to promote them for free i mm-hmm. think it's great you know like if they come to me and say like they got oh
1: valuable islamic yeah. content that's benefiting them well why not
0: yeah i mean it's dawah i i think there's there has been a problem in our dawah where we think to ourselves You know, if our organization is not succeeding, another organization doing something similar is bringing us down. And the reality is, we're all working for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you see somebody doing something good, I think what you should be doing is trying to learn from them and even making an effort to work with them.
1: Collaboration. Collaboration
0: is great. I think that that's what we should be doing. That's how we should be thinking about it. There is too much within our community where. We look for various ways to tear one another down. Sometimes it's because I don't like the ideas that you have. I think that your ideas are not done in good faith. I think that you're destroying the ummah. I'm going to tear you down. I think that your organization is bad for us. I'm going to tear you down. And I'll be honest, some organizations do deserve to be torn down. The ones that are completely away from Ahl sunnah the ones that are completely not taking a a proper normative Islamic paradigm, and they're taking, let's say, the far left or the far right. Yes. And more
1: actively, like, trying to undermine the... What we would consider the yeah. strong Islamic foundational principles.
0: Yeah, we should, those ones should be called up. But even when we call them out, we should be like, look, we don't agree with these people. We think they're wrong on these issues. And then we move on. And the other organizations that we, for the most part, that we think are our brothers or our sisters, they're, they're, they're doing a good job overall, but we have some disagreements with them. I think it's fair to say we can constructively criticize them and recognize that their work is being done in good faith. And whatever disagreements we have, it should be in good faith. And we should make husan adhan of one another, even if even if sometimes people repeatedly make the same mistake or we think they're making a huge mistake. As long as I can look at an organization and say, you know what, the majority of their material is calling people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The majority of their material is there to help people become better in their character, better to their parents, better with their ada, better in just all different ways to grow. Then I'm going to support them.
1: Sounds amazing. Well, that... Kind of concludes our long spiel, our roundup for the year, what we're looking forward to under your glorious leadership. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, but in all sincerity, I wanted to say shout out and appreciation to all of our staff, all our contributors and all of our readers, because obviously what would be the point if people weren't reading this and benefiting from it, inshallah. So to everyone who has supported us, who continues to support us, may Allah grant us in all that we do for his sake. Ameen. May Allah keep us sincere in our da'wah and make all of our work a source of benefit for Muslims around the world. Jazakum al-khair. Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Wa alaykum, as-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hey everyone, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us online on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on our handle Muslim Matters. And check out our site daily at muslimmatters.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.